0: Welcome to the Level Up with GNO Realty Podcast, your number one source for information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in the greater New Orleans area. Now, here are your hosts, Braden Smith
1: and Chuck Stahl. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. I'm Braden Smith here with my co-host, Chuck Stahl. Welcome back for another episode of the Level Up Podcast with GNO Realty. Well, I guess to get started here, Chuck, why don't you remind the listeners what we went over in the last episode. Let's let's do a brief recrap, recap here. Not a, re, a recap. The first one's probably
0: more appropriate. <laughs> it's probably more on the nose. But uh, last week we talked about home improvement projects that yielded the highest rate of return on investment. Because not everything's going to necessarily make you money. But if you want to enjoy something or improve something on your home, or if you're getting ready to list a home, what are some projects you can do? To prepare it and uh and get some money back on that so in our recap we talked about those things uh such as like maybe repainting your front door repainting the garage door replacing the garage door uh aesthetic things like that this week we're gonna kind of stay on theme a bit in preparing for a list and it couldn't have come at a better time i'm getting ready to list my own house right now because i'm getting married in two months and uh we'll you know be living together and we only need one of the homes so I've been doing some of these home improvement projects. I've still got a little paint on me. So,
1: <laughs> Well, you know what? Just real quick, not to put you on the spot here, but i am got to put you on the spot. Why did you decide to sell the house rather than keep it and rent it out? Uh,
0: no brainer. Uh, because right now I'm just, I'm never going to get more for it than I will right now. And I had tenants in it uh, for a little while, for about a year and a half. I had some great tenants in it and uh, and they moved and their job situation changed and the types of tenants that I would screen or look for for the uh, this house a lot of times uh, it's expensive it's tough to rent so there's not a lot of clientele for this property so long story short having a hard time finding tenants to rent out a house this size in this area Uh, but there are a lot of buyers looking to purchase something here and since I don't need something but what I'm gonna do uh, since we're on topic I'm going to sell this property, and I'm going to use the low interest rates right now to purchase a smaller property that I'm going to also rent out, and while I'm going to use the tenant rent to basically pay off that mortgage throughout the life of owning that property. And we could talk about that strategy on a different episode. I was going to
1: say, that could be the next episode's topic right there. stumbled upon <laughs> something.
0: But, you know, that's kind of finding a way to make real estate work for me, things I've learned since becoming uh, on board here at GNO Realty, and Realty and saying, you know, People say it all the time. Hey, real estate agents, if it's such a great market right now, why don't you sell your house? Um, I know David did, yeah. you know, um, and I'm, I'm getting ready to put my money where my mouth is and sell mine.
1: Yep, yep, yeah. I came real close to. Uh, I was kind of teetering on the line about selling one of the rental properties I have because I know I could, I could make a lot of money on it right now. I could probably cash out over 100k on it right now and and take that money and use it, for something else. But then it's like. got a good good thing going with this property it's kind of a unicorn rental property where you don't find them like this anymore and it makes me enough money basically to pay my house note every month so it's like do i sell it and take the money or do i let it just keep paying my house note so i decided i'll just let it keep paying my house note for the time being from what i understand
0: about building a portfolio of rentals and we won't veer off too much but um Basically, you know, if you can keep butts in the seats, so to speak, and it's always occupied and you've got steady tenants, I mean, it's hard to argue with mailbox money.
1: Yeah, as long as it's, ca- it's cash flowing, you know, if it pays for itself and cash flows, and why not? And you're still going to get that appreciation on it pretty much every year. So a lot of times it does make sense just to keep them. But in your situation, what you uh, got going on there makes more sense, I think, in the current market environment.
0: So new listing coming soon. <laughs> make sure you're following at GNO Realty on all your social media
1: all right well that that's thanks for the recap there that pretty much covers that so everyone out there and listener to land remember if you have any questions about anything we cover or go over in any of these podcasts feel free to reach out to us anytime you can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast and we video the show put it on youtube as well uh you can find us
0: on facebook at level up gno at level up with gno realty that's at level up with gno realty and at, at GNO Realty, that's the brokerage's social media handle. You can email us at Braden at GNO Realty dot com or Chuck at GNO Realty dot com. And don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail via our anchor.fm page. That's how we uh, put out our podcast. You go to anchor.fm, ver- search for the Level Up podcast, and you'll be able to leave us a voicemail. Uh, so, as we begin every show, after we do the recap, we get right into market stats and give you an update month by month of what's been going on in New Orleans real estate. And we've been breaking these down by Parish, how they stack up against the entire MLS and over the last three years or so. So go ahead and, uh, Brayden, I'm gonna kick it back to you and get us started with sales price.
1: All right, so for the, uh, this is gonna be stats for the based up to the end of July. And our July median sales price, um, what we're looking at here overall for the entire MLS, we're looking at about 248,000, which is an increase of about 12.7%. And if you compare that to each of the parishes, Orleans is the highest, of course, at a little over 320, uh, followed up here by St. Tammany, which is actually at almost 254, and then Jefferson at, at about 240. And obviously, each parish has little pockets uh, of higher dollar and lower dollar areas and in between areas, but those are the averages there. And, if you compare some of these numbers going back to 2020 and 2019, you can see every year that there was an increase here. Um, looking at the overall MLS, 2019, it was at the median sales price was at 210. Then in 2020, up to 220, and then it took a jump all the way up to 248 here, where we're at now. So big jump from previous year. And the same thing with each parish. Each Paris continually climbing. Uh, again, Orleans Parish taking the biggest, biggest jump, 280 in 2019 to over 320 now. That's a Pretty significant jump there. That was one of the factors that came into kind
0: of sealing the deal for me listing, too. I'm in Orleans Parish. Mm -hmm. It's in a neighborhood that is kind of hot right now, and I figured, well, now's a good time to list it with seeing the the numbers the way they are. There is a 4% increase in new listings from last year in Orleans Parish. Now, again, we're going to see increases. Well, not in all of them, actually. And we see in St. Tammany Parish there's actually – uh, they continue to have fewer listings, it continues to drop. So they haven't bottomed out yet is what that's telling us.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but Orleans is up 4% from a year ago, which is great because that had to have been the bottoming out of Orleans and Jefferson Parish. Uh, and Jefferson Parish screaming back at up 9%, which is significant. The entire MLS listings are up 1.4%. So that's good to see everything on the positive end and no longer in the red there.
1: Yeah, definitely good to see some some listings coming to market that are desperately needed. The, uh, the buyer demand is definitely still outpacing the inventory. So we definitely need to see some more inventory. And so, and this is what I'm hearing from all over the country too, as I've mentioned before in my mastermind group that people in other parts of the country, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, and, and uh, kind of central part of the country are saying the same things. They're starting to see a little bit of a softening to the market uh, with some additional inventory coming to the market. Uh, which is needed, honestly, these 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 uh, rates of appreciation we've been seeing in the, the current state of the market is just a – It's got to top out. Yeah, it's an it, unsustainable it, it, yeah. thing. It's just not – you can't keep going like it's going. Right. It's I mean, good, a hot market is anybody. great,
0: but we're talking about – we use that word volatile. You know, yeah. volatility starts to kick in. in summertime is hot time in real estate. You know, it's kind of the end of that, that season where people are moving, and to have a 7.5% decrease last year. That had to have started that bottleneck you yeah. know we talk about we use that term all the time bottleneck mm-hmm. so and that's kind of what's keeping us from being able to catch up with our inventory is the shortage happened large and it happened at a, at a tough time
1: yeah so. you yeah, know part of the softening that we're seeing right now over the last couple of weeks it, I think a lot of that's just seasonal it's just part of the cyclical nature of real estate at the end of the summer we always see a little bit of a slowdown a little bit of a softening as as all the parents are getting ready to get the kids back in school you know they Last couple weeks before that, everybody's scrambling to get uniforms, get supplies, get back in the routines.
0: Register for school, make sure you know what school you're going to. Pay for
1: school. Right, yeah, pay for (laughs) school if you do that. And of course, most people that have children don't want to move in the middle of a school year, so things tend to slow down once a bit since uh, once school gets started. Compared to last year, number of homes for sale 2020, we were up over 5,300 and we're at not even quite 32 right now, so still a big difference. And then previous year in 2019, we were up over 6,000. So, definitely seen a steady decline since then. But of course, there was a huge drop from 2020 to now, uh, as we've talked about in previous episodes with the whole COVID situation and such. And the same is true for each parish between Orleans, Jefferson, and St. Tammany. Um, we're seeing low, low numbers of homes for sale. Big drops in some of them. I mean, looks like here. Uh, St. Tammany down almost 57%. I mean, that's unreal. <laughs> yeah.
0: And from 2019, you know, it's even further. Yeah. And we started to see it. I mean, we were starting to see this happen with the market before the virus. The virus mm-hmm. isn't responsible for all of this. This is kind of no. where real estate was trending anyway, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from everything I've read, this, this, basically, this, I guess the whole pandemic situation kind of, just kind of pushed everything over the edge. It was already headed that way. And, and really what the issue is with the inventory is that in the US, we have not been building enough homes year after year for at least a decade or more. Uh, we, just not have, we just haven't been producing enough homes. And that could be a whole different episode in itself, too, is why that's happening. But a lot of it has to do just with increased regulation. Um, as I mentioned in my mastermind group, some of these guys that build on the West Coast, the cost of the permits is insane just to, to permit things is in the tens of thousands of dollars, and those costs just keep going up and up. And if you keep making the builders pay more and more for land, for permits, for all these other things, then they have to build more and more expensive houses. And then everybody wants to scream and yell that there's no affordable housing out there. Well, I wonder why. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, know? you, pr- you price yourself out the market. Well, let's jump here. Uh, go ahead with the days on market. Days on
0: market. This is another number that continues to plummet we're looking at the entire MLS is down 57.6% days on market down to two weeks, 14 days. And that's the average for the entire MLS.
1: Every time we look at this thing, it seems like it's lower and lower. It's lower and lower. If you're in
0: Jefferson Parish, nine days, a little over a week, and you could possibly sell a property that is down uh, almost 70% from 2019, which is crazy. Um, You know, it's still gonna take you a little while in St. Tammany Parish, Uh, but not as it's gonna take you 13 days now Right, (laughs) it's down 68.3% and and I've seen that because I I was just working on the North Shore uh, about a month ago we closed on a property up there and as fast as they can list them they're flying yeah Uh, I have another client coming in who's uh, talking about possibly selling a property uh, that he came into and saying, well when's a good time to do it I was like now now would be a good time to do it absolutely it, it, it's so hot right now so uh in orleans parish 22 days but again orleans parish is a big parish covers a lot of different areas so uh don't doesn't mean necessarily wherever your orleans parish property is that's going to take three whole weeks to go under contract again we're talking about uh neighborhoods like lake vista lake view uh
1: those will go pretty quick mm-hmm. a lot of different little pockets in orleans parish for sure and then the, the nine days in Jefferson Parish is just that just blows my mind barely over a week I mean what does that tell you if you're looking to buy a house you better have all your ducks in a row and be ready to pounce on a listing as soon as it hits the market because somebody else is going to beat you to it if you don't
0: and Jefferson Parish covers a large area too we're talking about both sides of East the river Bank and West
1: Bank Yeah, it, it, it's a very large parish so uh, <laughs> tell us about the month supply. Well, again, I guess this is kind of the same trend as far as the days on market. Every time we look at this thing, it gets lower and lower. Overall, for the entire MLS, we're down to 2.1 months of supply, which is down over 47%, 47 47.5%. Looking at the the three different parishes parishes here, only got one and a half months of supply in St. Tammany. Have you ever seen anything go below one? No, actually, I haven't. Not here, anyway, no. And then 1.6 in Jefferson, and then again, Orleans is trending a little higher at 3.4, but as we said earlier, I think it's just because it's such a a large area with so many diverse neighborhoods that there's just going to be a lot of fluctuation there. I'm sure if you honed in on certain areas, it's going to be far lower than that.
0: When I was running CMAs, I'm noticing that people are swinging for the fences and doing that high-pricing strategy, and those are the ones that are sitting. What's crazy is I clicked on a few of them that sold at higher prices per square foot. And wouldn't you believe it? They were actually listed about $50,000 less than what they went for. Yeah. And so, I mean, we talked about that pricing strategy, you know, free real estate advice right here on the podcast. And it seems to be getting people onto the property to see it is really good for driving the price up as opposed to listing it high Mm -hmm. and possibly letting it sit for a long time.
1: Yeah. In my opinion, I think any market, it's super important to price the listing correctly from the start. but even more so in the current market. Because if you price it right, right at market value or right around market value, you're just going to get a bunch of showings on it. You're going to get multiple offers on it. It's going to drive the price up, where if you do that where that other strategy where you price real high, see what you can get. If you're trying to kind of push the envelope with the market, that can backfire on you a lot of times. And it seems to be the case with some of these. And that may, buy, may be why these uh, numbers are a bit higher in Orleans Parish. It seems like maybe there's uh, some people out there just pushing it a little too far.
0: I, when i just and it could just be an anecdotal thing but that's kind of what i noticed when i ran that cma was seeing that the higher prices per square foot were actually listed lower and they went with that strategy and it worked out well for
1: them mm-hmm. yeah and just to reiterate i think we've talked about this before this 2.1 months of supply overall in the greater new orleans area is super super low and we haven't seen these low levels of supply since post katrina i think we're we're either right at or even right under where it was post katrina when there was just you know a ton of damaged homes I think out we're there. we whether so, yeah. or not, I think we're under. I think so too. So we're definitely kind of in uh, uncharted waters here. Well, how are we looking on the uh, percent of list price?
0: Again, pretty great if you're in St. Tammany Parish because you are getting what you're asking for at 100%. Uh, following behind that, you have uh, Jefferson Parish at 99.2%, Orleans at 98.5% with the entire MLS at 99.7%. 997 entire MLS,
1: yeah. everywhere. Not much wiggle room out there on your on your list prices. Now, of course, there's going to be some listings out there that are priced too high, but that's where your realtor comes into play. You need to, if you be working with a good buyer's agent, that can look at those comparable sales for you and tell you whether or not that listing is priced appropriately or not. But then again, if you really want the house, <laughs> right now people are going all out to try to get the house they want. I think...
0: <laughs> and I mean, we could go into motivations of why things are priced higher. I mean, hey, we all like money, like the more, the merrier. When we're talking about selling a property, but I think sometimes people think that their needs and motivations affect the price or the market value, I should say, as opposed mm-hmm. to the price. And you know, we've talked about that before when when talking about selling a home. Uh, but you know, what do these numbers mean? How does this compare over the years? Well the percentage of list price has continued to go up. It's gone up almost 2%, two whole percentage points in the entire MLS over the last two years. So and that's significant when we're talking about, I mean, percentage points on hundreds of thousands of dollars or perhaps millions of dollars. You know, these things matter. It's really, really important when when we talk about this percentage list price statistic is, know when you are pushing it. So when you're looking at comparables, and saying that these things are selling for these prices don't get those dollar signs in your head and start pushing it because remember take your agent's advice and price accordingly I'm probably rambling too long about that but if
1: if you're the highest price listing in the neighborhood you're probably gonna have trouble selling
0: you're gonna you're gonna and you're gonna get picked apart you Mm want to talk about being criticized on the internet that's a great way to do it
1: yeah for sure so let's jump into price per foot real here and uh, then we'll go through the shows per listing and that'll wrap up the market stats here but Looking at the price per foot, again, same trends that we're seeing. Keeps climbing higher and higher. Overall, for the whole MLS right now, we're at about 137 a foot. That's the median price per foot. Uh, That's up 10.5% from the previous year and up, uh, what, 15 or so percent from 2019. So that's a pretty significant increase there as well. In two years. Yeah. Big, big difference. Uh, St. Tammany, about 133 a foot. That's up 8%. Uh, From last year, up almost 12% in the last two years. Jefferson Parish had 144 foot, up almost 12% just in one year. And it looks like almost 20% in two years, uh, which I saw personally with my house. I think I told you I had a – I fully renovated my house a little over two years ago and then had a recent appraisal, and it jumped up uh, about $50 a foot, which I thought was crazy, but apparently that's what's going on. That's
0: that's what the numbers are saying right now and like you're hey, a 20 percent increase in two years if you have a home in jefferson parish right now and you've been thinking about moving
1: <laughs> oh yeah now's the time to sell yeah you're definitely going to get top dollar right now and then orleans parish is up over 200 a foot at 205 a foot and again that's kind of crazy too thinking about like we were saying earlier that orleans parish is so big with so many different neighborhoods that the median is over 200 a foot that's kind of interesting to think about and that's uh, about 10% in the last year and about 15% in the last two years increase. I'm going to say thank you, Garden District and Uptown, <laughs>
0: driving those prices
1: up. Um,
0: so last stat here, shows per <laughs> listing. Uh, you can see a 41% increase in the last year, uh, five, five and a half shows until under contract. Uh, the biggest increase was in St. Tamity Parish. They're up 64.1% to 6.4 shows per listing. So a lot of this, uh, this can be a tricky stack because it doesn't necessarily tell you a whole lot because uh, it could be something that has a lot of showings and doesn't go under contract or maybe it takes a while to go under contract. But I think right now with the way things are, things are getting a lot of traffic. They're getting a lot of showings and – and that's yeah. why you're seeing the numbers like yeah, this.
1: Yeah, it very well just could be that it, they're getting so much traffic. It's not that it's taking more listings to get it sold. It's just they're just getting more traffic than normal because of the way the market is. I mean, if you look at the Jefferson Parish there, it's at the highest at 7.6. But we just saw that Jefferson Parish properties are flying off the shelf. So nine not days take, on market or something Yeah, they're something not taking like a long time to sell. They're just getting a ton of traffic through them. So I think that's what it is.
0: Yeah. So you compare whenever you look at shows per listing, also take a look at days on market, give you an idea of really what's going on, and uh, let you know you're going to have possibly a, a crowd. You know, Be ready for a small parade going through your home, and that's a good thing,
1: getting ready for that parade. Yeah, When you're looking at these market stats, you really got to look at all of them and then kind of step back and, and kind of look at the, the big picture. What does the big picture tell you? Because if you hone in on just one of these stats or the other, it's not going to tell you what's really going on, and it can be misleading. You, We could absolutely cherry pick stats to tell a story we wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, By picking which
0: stats to show, these are actually all the main ones off of the, uh, the MLS page. So,
1: All right. Well, that about does it for the market info. I mean, it basically looks like the market's really holding strong, even though, as we said, we're seeing a little bit of a softening here with a little bit more inventory coming to market. And I think that's what you said you're, you're seeing out there in the field. So we are seeing a bit of a softening in the market. And uh, one of the things
0: that I was reading about the other day, I was checking out an article from uh, keepingcurrentmatters.com. Great resource for real estate agents or real estate investors. Uh, Keeping Current Matters, uh, keepingcurrentmatters.com. And uh, this is talking about mortgage rates increasing and how possibly trying to wait out this market right now is gonna, they say it could cost you a small fortune. And they said by 2020, they're expecting percentages, uh, they're expecting interest rates to be at Freddie Mac is predicting 3.5%, Fannie Mae is predicting 3.5%, NAR is predicting 3.5%, and the Mortgage Bankers Association is predicting 3.9%. And that's by next year they're talking about? By 2022. Okay. By 2022. Uh, so I use an example right here. Assuming a buyer purchased a $325,000 home with a 30-year fixed-rate loan at 3% after making a 10% down payment, monthly principal and interest would be 1233. dollars They take the same home, and one year from now could be 350 dollars and $25. The mortgage rate could be 3.6% based on, like, forecasts and stuff. That monthly principal and interest payment that you're putting at 10% down will now cost you $14.32.
1: Yeah, so the same amount down the house... Obviously, increases in value as real estate typically does. Put the same amount down, but you've got the higher interest rate, so your monthly payment then jumps up two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a month, which is significant.
0: Yeah, so that would be twenty-eight, excuse me, twenty-three, eighty-eight more a year, and seventy-one
1: thousand six hundred and forty dollars over the life of a loan. That's a lot of money over what roughly about a half a percent. Woo half a percent, and you're gonna spend over seventy grand because of that half a percent. Grand that is that's a lot of money yeah
0: i mean that's a that's a that's two cars um, maybe waiting out this market isn't the best strategy and i know what you're saying oh yeah these two real estate agents they want me to participate <laughs> in real estate well yeah but i've got good reasons and we have all this homework that we've done explaining why it could help you out so
1: yeah i mean the interest rates are, are still super low Historic lows, I mean, we we got all the way down, you know, in the mid twos at one point, and I think they're hovering around three now, but those are still great rates. Just like we said before, just a couple years ago, we were around four and a half, five percent and the rates are not gonna stay as low as they are now. They're not gonna be that way forever. They are gonna go back up, and it it really, a lot of it depends on what the Fed decides to do with the federal funds rate, and they've already talked about potentially uh, making some adjustments to it, because there's a lot of fear out there about inflation right now, and I think we're all seeing that firsthand and goods and services that you buy. You know, I know when I go to the grocery store lately, it feels like I don't get much of anything and it's a hundred bucks. You yeah. Know? It's always
0: hundred bucks. It seems like no matter what you get at the grocery <laughs> right? store, you start coming like, up again.
1: Yeah. And I feel like just not long ago, a year, a year and a half ago or something, that same amount of stuff was 50 or 60 bucks, you know, so everything is definitely costing more. And we are experiencing some pretty significant inflation in the U S right now. And if they can't get that in check, then the Fed's going to have to make some adjustments. And if they raise the federal funds rate, it correlates to the mortgage rates. And we will see the mortgage rates increase. But at the same time, we all know they want to keep the mortgage rates low because they know real estate's a big driver of the economy. And so they want to keep that moving forward and trucking ahead. So it's kind of anybody's guess, but seems like most of the uh, the stats out there and the the experts are saying that that rates are going to hold low, but they may tick up a little bit here in the next year, but that half a percent can make a big difference in your I pay. I think rate. that's
0: the part that, that misleads people. They're like, it's a it's a, it's a, part of a percentage. How can that affect me so much? Because their number is so large, and that ends up being, over the course of a loan, in that instance, $70,000, just yeah. on a $325,000 house.
1: Right, right. You're talking about a 30-year loan, so there's a... A lot of interest there and we know how the lenders do it. They front load all that interest on you. So the first say seven years or so, you're paying mostly interest. So that half a percent can eat up a lot of your money. But uh, I guess let's go ahead and jump here into the main topic for this episode, which is we're gonna chat about preparing for a listing, kind of how to get your house ready to sell it, uh, what you need to do to make sure that you show it in the best light. so let's go over some things that homeowners can do to ensure that your home is presented in the best light to potential buyers. Uh, and Chuck, I'll let you lead us off here.
0: I, I guess that's appropriate since I have the paint still yeah. on my you, hands. You've and been man. doing this exact I've been thing. Doing <laughs> this. So uh, there's a lot of things you should do to prepare for your home sale. Uh, we're going to give you a little checklist right now. Uh, let's start with the exterior. Uh, and we, the things that we found out in last week's episode is that aesthetically pleasing things or things that look good, for those of you who don't feel like Googling right now, um, put a lot of money back into a home. We're visual creatures. So new paint on the main door or garage door, checking the weather stripping and replacing those things is needed just to have a nice presentation, decluttering that porch area. Get rid of the cigarette butts, the ashtrays and stuff like that. If, that's, if And that's, you know, hey, that's fine that you have it, but clean it up before your showings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had somebody come pressure wash the exterior, on the go, pressure wash and give them a, a holler. Uh, they did the porch for me, the sidewalk, the driveway. They came out there with the driveway brush. It looks phenomenal. Um, paint and shutters uh, above your uh, – on your windows. If you got flower boxes that might need some touch-up mm-hmm. paint. Uh, you don't want to have anything peeling no exposed wood and if you do have exposed wood some of these things might not pass inspection for fha and v- va loans
1: yeah yeah all, all loans have condition requirements and the fha and the va loans are a little bit stricter with their condition requirements and that's one of the things that gets flagged all the time is any kind of peeling paint or exposed wood and it could be on your soffit your fascia your window trim your window sills you know just anywhere on the exterior and speaking of pressure washing i, I did my house myself a while back, and I got about halfway into it, and I was like, this sucks. Like, (laughs) why didn't I just pay somebody to do this? I borrowed
0: a pressure washer from
1: my dad, (laughs) brought it to
0: my house, got all the way there, and I had run it to um, my friend who who runs this company. Uh, He also trains at the same gym that I train at and uh, he's like hey just letting you know i'm doing pressure And i was like you know what serendipity i need a pressure washing person <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's not that difficult to do it just takes a it just takes a long time and that's what happened to me i was like oh yeah i can knock this out real quick and then i'm like it just it's slow going process yeah, to really it's do real it right hot outside right yeah now, it's, it's definitely really real hot, hot right now for sure so again with the exterior continuing with that uh windows kind of going along with the same thing about the paint you want to make sure they're all nice and caulked up. Those are things that get flagged on inspections all the time, making sure the windows are clean, both inside and out. Uh, and a lot of times with the double pane windows, you'll get them fogged up cause there's a seal broken. There's not really much you can do about that. There are some companies that, that can do a repair on those, but I, I know everybody I've ever talked to contractors and window suppliers and, and such say once that seals broke, it's really hard to get it right again. Uh, a lot of times it's just easier to change the window. Um, and then, also, of course, you want to check for any water or pest intrusion points that should be sealed up as well. And these are honestly things that you should kind of do on an annual basis as a homeowner anyway. Kind of once at least once a year, do a walk around your house and check all these things.
0: Make sure the mulch isn't all the way up above the slab. That way they can get a termite certificate. I've seen that a few times where, you know, and I've, I remember doing this for my parents as a kid. You know, go get a couple bags of mulch and throw it on the garden. Mm-hmm. And you just you build it up on top. And inspectors will tell you if they can't see the slab on the bottom just to give a visual okay they won't give you a certificate that Mm -hmm. day so um talk about lawn and landscaping and man i I tell you what uh this is another one that's huge uh checking for bald spots in the grass patch with
1: squares of grass where you can um, and you kind of need to know what kind of grass you have for that too. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't be crossbreeding grass <laughs> right now.
1: Well, Like St. Augustine, you can't, it doesn't make seeds, so you can't seed that, but a lot of other grasses, you can just spread some seeds out in those bald spots. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know what your grass is, then you're going to have to reach out to probably a landscape company or actually they have some apps on your phone. Now that are like plant identifier apps. And, you,
0: and it actually can tell the difference in what
1: Leaves. blades of yeah. grass
0: you have. I have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking for that. There, there could be areas that need to be evened out, possibly with more soil, and you're gonna need time. You're gonna need time for the grass to grow through that soil. Uh, do a little light sprucing with the landscape landscaping. Um, I paid a guy, an old football player of mine, to come install some gardens over there a few weeks ago, and it was a couple of hundred dollars. And I told him, you know, hey, we're on a budget. It doesn't have to be the most amazing garden you've ever installed. I said just something nice for four or five hundred bucks he put it in. it looks phenomenal yep. it looks great and so
1: and that makes a big big difference with that curb appeal you know with the the front face of the house the, the landscaping like you talked about the door the garage door things like that these are all things that the buyers or potential buyers see as soon as they walk up to the house to to look at it um and it's going to show up in the pictures as well on their phone
0: when they're on their phone or tablet when they're searching those websites um also you want to look around for some shrinking around the foundation uh talk to a shoring expert of course because you don't want to start doing a repair for something that you don't know necessarily what you're doing especially when you're talking about maybe getting a big thing of sand dropped off at your house river sand and putting under there uh talk to a shoring expert first make sure you don't have any redundancies so uh, they can tell you that the water's flowing uh, not flowing towards your neighbor's house or <laughs> or under the house etc
1: Yeah, ideally, your lot is graded from the back of the lot out towards the street so it all flows to the street into the drains where it's supposed to go. Uh, So it can get to the Mardi
0: Gras beads that are clogging the drains. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: And then another thing on the exterior is the roof. You know, it's a simple thing you can do. Obviously, not everybody's going to want to climb up on the roof and walk around on the roof, but if you can't do it, you know, maybe you can get a friend or family or nephew or something to do it dad do not do my dad's like tim told me (laughs) right no do not do this right Um, but just doing a visual inspection you know the shingles as they age they dry out they'll curl up they'll crack uh, they lose granules and if that's the case then you're going to get hit on that with the inspection and there's not a whole lot you can do about that at some point roofs just need to be replaced but while you're up there you can check all your roof jacks where the vent pipes come through the roof make sure that the boots aren't cracked uh, make sure everything is sealed up tight and Um, make sure that there's no cracks in those. But there are companies out there now that can do a roof wash for you um, where just sometimes the roofs become discolored over time, and they're they're still in good shape. They just don't look very pretty, and these Mm -hmm. roof washes make them look almost brand new again. Um, And there's even a company now, I forget exactly what the product is, but they they spray something on your roof that kind of gives life to your shingles again because, like I said, they dry out, so it kind of makes them, I mm-hmm. guess, pliable again. It's like a tire foam for your shingles or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that that can extend the life on them. Um, and then also while you're checking the roof, make sure to check all your fascia and soffit again for the, for the peeling paint, wood rot, and things like that, that everything's all sealed up nice and tight and secure. So uh,
0: I guess we're going to go ahead and we'll go inside the house now. Now that we've done all this work on the outside and the exterior, mm-hmm. we're going to go inside.
1: All right. Well, of course, on the inside of the house, you want to make sure it's nice and clean. You know, that's a big turnoff to potential buyers if the house is not clean. Um, How many showings have you been to where you? Yeah, I've been to many where I'm like, did did you do anything to get this house ready? You know,
0: we've all been through them. We've all gone to these showings. And it's like, I'm always surprised at how well, like, my clients will take it. They're still, like, excited about it, too. They're still walking around. I'm like, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, and some people can look past some of that, and some can't. Some of them will walk right in and say, "Nope," and walk right back out. Say, "I don't yeah. even need to look at the rest of it." And there's just some very basic things you can do, uh, like wiping down the walls. You know, handprints get on the around the doorknobs on doors and the, the door jams and things like that. And if you've obviously if you've got children, they're going to get things dirty as well. So um, just wiping down the walls, the doors, the door jams, things like that. Uh, And if you don't want to do these things yourself, obviously you can hire a cleaning company to come in which You know if you can afford it is probably the best way to do it Just get somebody to come in and do a a good once-over a good deep cleaning of the entire house Um, you know tile floors they always the grout always gets dirty over time. It's just something that's got to get cleaned every couple of years or every few years. And there's some companies out there that can come out and make your grout look pretty much brand new. Just like with your carpet, you can have your carpet professionally steam cleaned. It's kind of the same thing, but with the tile.
0: Highly recommend if you've got a carpet in your house to, to or rent a steam cleaner if you can or something. Yeah, yeah, you it can really makes it yourself. really punches it up.
1: Absolutely it makes a big difference, and um, you know even a slight smell of any kind can turn potential buyers off. And so. As we all know, carpets tend to hold smells and things like that. So having them steam clean makes everything just nice and fresh. Uh, Also, your appliances, you want to make sure those are all good and clean. I can't tell you how many times that... Uh, you know, buyers like to look inside things. A lot of, I don't know why, but a lot of times buyers open the fridge for some reason. Uh, have you noticed that? Because yeah, they know they're buying it. Because <laughs> in
0: Louisiana, it's commonplace to buy the refrigerator too. And I think they want to see the features. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah, to it. Yeah, see how know? much
1: storage space they got in there or something. Because, I think yeah, the so. fridge does typically convey with the sale in our area. Um, but they do look inside, and a lot of times they're pretty funky looking inside. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to um, want to wipe that down. And then, of course, if you have any pets in the house, um, whether it's dogs, cats, birds, gerbils, rabbits, whatever, whatever you got, you got. pets pets can leave a smell so uh, make an effort to get rid of the pet odors If you can honestly if you can get the pet out of the house temporarily, um, you know maybe put them with a family member or a friend for a couple weeks or a few weeks, that really would be the best way to go about it because uh, one thing I always tell my clients even for showings and such is if you've got say dogs in the house and there's dog bowls out, you know, obviously you're going to take the dog for a showing, whether you take him for a walk or you take him for a car ride or something, but also hide the bowls, Get the bowls out of there uh, if possible. You know, if there's a kennel, maybe move the kennel into the garage or something. Um, there are people out there that just don't like pets. And the fact that you, it, it's, there's a reason there's a question on the disclosure, has the home ever had pets? Um, because some people just don't like it, or some people have severe allergies yeah. to it.
0: I, I always figured it was the
1: allergies things that would would yeah. make you want to
0: check that box. I actually it. had
1: a client years ago that said he was highly, highly allergic to cats, and he said even if he walked in a house that, that had a cat in it at any time, he would know it. And sure enough, there was a house we went looked at. It's the worst at. X-Man ever. <laughs> yeah, sure enough, there was a house that we looked at that he said uh, – that the disclosure said that it never had pets but we walked in there and this guy's eyes started watering turned red he started sneezing his head off coughing and he's like I gotta get out of here they had a cat in here no way and I was like holy cow but yeah he was just that allergic to it just he could just tell that they were in there at one point um so some people are like that um and then other things you can do for cleaning the house your AC your air return you know that thing gets dirty dusty over time uh, give it a good vacuuming, a wipe down, uh, if, or if you can, take it off and go spray it off outside. Uh, a lot of them have the door that opens yeah. and it'll unhinge, and you can take it down outside and go spray it off. <coughs> and then uh, your your uh, AC registers around the house too. You know, sometimes they sweat, so they rust a little bit, they get dirty. Uh, easy thing to do for those sometimes is just change them out, replace them with new ones. They're not super expensive, um, so that's an easy thing Lows to do. there Home Depot carry them. You can go pick them up. Yep. And a kind of a quick tip, too, if you've got AC vents that are sweating, which this time of year when it's super hot outside and that attic temp gets really, really high, if your AC vents are sweating, you might want to go in the attic and make sure that the insulation is up against the boxes in the attic, because if they're not, that hot air touches the metal, and then the cold air is touching it from inside, and that's what makes it sweat. Uh, The
0: next thing we want to talk about is just some paint touching up. You're going to want to You talked about the magic eraser which is my favorite hack in all of painting (laughs) because maybe you don't even have to paint completely if you can get that uh cleaned off with there it kind of thins out the paint anyway uh but some things you just have to paint or uh you might have to do some touch-ups and sense maybe fill some holes or some like little dents stuff like that move in you know drywall it crumbles and breaks so sometimes you may have to put some spackle or putty in there and sand it down paint it uh, make sure all those things are, are popping though. The doors, baseboards, walls, shelves, fireplace mantle, things like that. Uh, we talked about uh, putting in some patches, using the right the proper compound. So if you have a drywall, you want to use a spackle or something like that. And they even have some that you don't even need to sand. It can be textured. It'll texture up
1: when you when you apply it. Yeah, so uh, if you've got heavy texture anywhere and you try to do a patch then you're gonna have a hard time matching the texture Mm -hmm. unless you're a pro at doing that stuff. (laughs) yeah unless you've
0: got skills
1: um but like say something like wood
0: putty uh my, my dog I'm a dog person and he likes to eat wood putty <laughs> uh, no he likes he when he was younger he liked to eat the windowsill I think it was something that when I left he would he would always be at the windowsill I've sill actually and seen look out. a
1: lot of dogs do though
0: and they just he kind of got nervous and would just start gnawing no, on no. the windowsill and uh luckily he's grown out of that but I took some wood putty sanded it down it's not perfect but yeah. it's a lot better than it looked before
1: yeah and you know Bondo that they use on cars to uh smooth out dents you know they'll pop out dents as much as possible but sometimes they can't get them right so they put the bondo on there and the bondo can basically shaped t- to match the exact curve of the car whatever sanded down they actually make a bondo for wood a wood bondo as well. really mm-hmm. similar to the putty but it's uh i think it gets you know hardens up just like a bondo would for a car basically but you got to make sure you use the wood bondo and not the regular bondo because the wood bondo will bond to the wood the regular one won't right <laughs> so if you use the wrong one, it'll start peeling off. Uh, Some other things to do on the inside of the house is you want to declutter and depersonalize the the house as much as possible. And there's a couple of reasons for this, but basically you just want to appeal to the masses is what you're trying to do here. Um, As far as the decluttering goes, you know, a lot of people like to have a garage sale before they get ready to sell their house. You know, we just, it just happens over time. We all accumulate stuff. We just end up with so much stuff over the years. You know, I moved for the First time in probably 15-plus years, a couple of years ago, and when I was moving and cleaning out and going through stuff, I found stuff that I had no idea where it even came from. I was like, I don't ever remember buying this. I don't remember getting this or being given it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I have it. So <laughs> It's got to go. <laughs> um, but if you do the garage sale, you know, and you, and you wanted to pay for a professional cleaner, do the garage sale. Use the funds you make from the garage sale to pay the, for the deep clean. Kind of kill two birds with one stone there. And then if you have a lot of furniture in your house, sometimes we just end up, again, collecting stuff, furniture being some of the stuff we collect. Uh, Too much stuff in the house can make the house feel small and and make it feel cluttered. Um, So removing some of that stuff can help at times as well. I've been in some houses where they just have so much furniture in there, it feels like the rooms are tiny Mm -hmm. uh, when they're really not. Uh, of course, in the kitchen and, and areas where you have countertops, you want to clear them off as much as possible, get rid of a uh, lot of stuff on there so that you can see the counters. That's going to make it feel like you have more counter space. It <sighs> makes thing you with feel less rooms.
0: anxious. Yeah, it's just yeah. an anxiety provoking when there's just stuff out
1: mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the depersonalizing go, a couple of reasons you wanna do that, you wanna take down your family photos and stuff. Obviously these are photos you cherish, they're your family, you, you have them there for a reason, but when you're selling the house, again, you wanna appeal to the masses. So you want potential buyers to be able to picture themselves in the property and when they've got your face staring at them, that's kind of hard to do. Um, so taking those family photos down can help them be able to picture themselves in there. And then remember, most of us realtors are going to have professional photos taken of your property to put it online which it's going to go on every website out there you don't necessarily want your family photos pictures of your kids floating around the internet
0: no and even even just having random people come in it's a security reason Mm -hmm. you know to not have i mean it's here's the identities and i mean you can see repeat photos. You can figure out who lives here. Right. Um, I mean, I've done it as a real estate agent, where just walking around the house, looking at the wall. I mean, multiple times. Yeah, just curious where who I, lives here. Yeah, where I go. Oh, I know whose house this is. Like <laughs> right. I know this person. You know, I've never been here, but this is. You know, it, it's a small town, so yeah. more than enough reasons to take those photos
1: down. Yeah, and then taking uh, posters down. You know, some people like to have posters up. Maybe it's old jazz fest posters. Maybe it's this that. Maybe it's your kids got posters in the bedrooms of their. Their favorite rock band, or or something like that. Um, It's a good idea to take those things down, along with uh, sports team stuff. You know, if you live here, you're probably a big Saints fan, but the buyer of your house might not like the Saints. I mean, you know, he might even like the Falcons. (laughs) 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 You
0: know, are Uh, you saying that somebody could move from another town to New Orleans and still use a real estate agent? Exactly.
1: So, you know. Obviously it's your favorite sports team, you're proud of them, you support them, but just keep in mind that the buyer of the property might have a very big difference of opinion and it could influence their decision-making and your goal is to get the household, not to promote your favorite sports team. So it's a good idea to take those things down and kind of along those same lines, if you're an avid hunter and you've got mounted ducks, mounted fish, deer heads, things like that, that can be a turn off to some people um, and honestly it kind of freaks some people out you know that it just freaks them out to have this big Head staring at well, you, it. Well,
0: it's it's what you talk, talked about with just over personalization. Anytime you have a house that's very very niche, that's decorated a certain style. It couldn't, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be thematic of like you know sports stuff. Where your house and I'm guilty of this. I, I can get very bro-y and I can start decorating like it's a Buffalo Wild Wings, like really <laughs> really quick because I just I, I I am a Saints fan. I have like memorabilia. I got stuff from when I played ball a million years ago and. You know, I hang it. I have, I have one I hate to call it the man cave. That's what I guess it is. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you you do want to clean up some of that stuff. You you don't want a lot of emotions on the wall. Right. You know, it, it's it's personal for you, and you've got great memories. And no, but right. this is somebody else, like you were saying, trying to create their life.
1: Right. And again, you want to appeal to the masses. You don't want to alienate any potential buyers or turn off any potential buyers. And that brings us to our final point here, and that is political things. If you've got uh, your, you know, your politician that you support, if you've got stuff up for them, flags, whoever posters, they are. whatever it may be, whether it's your favorite congressman or, or whoever it may be, just take the political stuff down, too. Because, again, you know, especially these days, things are very polarized and you don't want to turn off some of your potential buyers. Um, your goal is to get the house sold. So if you want to get it sold, you want to appeal to the most people possible. You got to give it to Michael Jordan. He understood that. <laughs> right. He knew he, both parties bought tennis shoes. So
0: I always remember that quote.
1: Well, that about covers uh, everything for today as far as prepping your house for sale. Um, that was some really great information we went through. Hopefully, you guys found some value out of that and found some of that information useful. Um, and as a side note, one thing that some potential buyers have done in the past, and I've seen it done, uh, and it can kind of be a double-edged sword doing this, but that's having a uh, an inspection done on your house ahead of time, paying a home inspector to come. Do a full inspection on it so that you can proactively address any issues uh, and this can be a very beneficial thing to do if you're kind of in a hurry to sell your house because it's going to speed up the process because you know every inspector is going to find different things but they're they're all looking for the same things for the most part so if you go ahead and get an inspection and get all these things knocked out up front then you're gonna have less to do when the buyer goes through inspections. Less things to deal with, less negotiating. Um, But the thing- You can pick your vendor and get it fixed and you have the time to get it done as opposed to during the contract period. Exactly. Um, But again, like I said, it's kind of a double-edged sword or it can be a double-edged sword uh, because if you do an inspection on the house ahead of time, by law, every seller here in Louisiana has to provide a property disclosure where they list any and all known defects with the house. If you do an inspection, you got to disclose everything in that inspection because you now know about it. And Some of these things you might not have known about beforehand, and we all know the inspectors go through houses with a fine-tooth comb, so they're going to find a whole bunch of stuff. So if you're going to do this, just be prepared for that.
0: I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm actually not, and I thought about this. I thought about calling up our buddy Marcus, getting him out there for a pre-inspection and and having him tell me what's going on. The reason I'm comfortable not doing it is the age of the house. It's a younger house or a newer house, so – uh, it, it's less than 15 years old, you know, less than, it's actually less than 10 years old. So it didn't necessarily feel like I was going to have a major thing pop up. But if I had a house that was 50, 60, 70 years old in this town, I might, I might be more inclined to do that inspection.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if you're, uh, if you're not willing or ready or able to address everything that's found in the inspection, it's probably not a good idea to do it. Because what might happen is you get the inspection done, you decide, all right, here's all these issues. I'm going to go ahead and get them taken care of, whether it's repairs that need to be made or things that need to be dealt with, adjustments that need to be made. The buyer, if you wouldn't have done this, whichever buyer you find, they might not even care about that stuff that you paid money to do. So... I would say probably more times than not, it's better just to let the buyers do their own inspection, see what they ask for, and then work it out from there. Do your post-inspection negotiations and figure it out. That way you're not uh, spending money on things that maybe you didn't need to. Awesome.
0: So, well, that's about all the show we got today. We, uh, this, you know, we, t- we, we were joking this was going to be a quick show, but there was a lot to go into, some good detail. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, if you've got any questions about anything we cover or go over, you can always reach out to us anytime, Braden at com or chuck at com, and you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts, and we have our video show on YouTube for you as well. Um, again, like I said, you can follow us on Facebook at Level Up with GNO Realty. You can follow our brokerage at GNO Realty on social media. And again, you can reach us by our email addresses, brain at GNO Realty or chuck at GNOrealty.com. Don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail via
1: our anchor.fm page. Thank- yep. And you can find us each individually on Facebook as well. We've each got realtor pages on there. Um, the podcast itself has its own Facebook page. People can jump on there and make comments, ask questions also, if you wanted to reach out to us that way as well. So hope uh, everyone enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Level up. Level up.